As we enter a new year, 2023, how many started a New Year's resolution? <laughs> we just the other day watched a, a financial thing. Dave Ramsey puts out every year his new financial thing, and he had a big promo push to start his new thing for the year. Uh, it's a good time to start thinking about your finances again and get the budget back in order because you just blew all the money through Christmas, right? So a lot of people start in the New Year's resolution of getting their finances right here in January. Uh, it's obviously the uh, time where a lot of people get on diets. Uh, in fact, it's the most popular time to start a new diet trend or not new diet fad or something new in the diet world because people start the New Year's resolution and say, hey, we're going to do this for this year. Get on the new plan. There's a lot of different New Year's resolutions, but I think one of the best New Year's resolutions we can have is to say, I'm going to get back into the Word of God. I'm going to let it be my guide and my stay through the entire year. And I think as well, I got back into the new schedule of Bible reading for this year. Did you get that in the bulletin? You see it there, the new schedule. Hope you're on board with what the church is doing and following through. Uh, maybe you have a different schedule you go by. I don't know. But it's, it's another challenge for me to say, all right, here's my new schedule. Let's get back in it. Let's get back into the Word of God. Let's be challenged by the truth of the Word of God. Let's draw closer to God by getting back into His Word. But I wonder how often we live our lives without this guide. We're so quick to set it aside in our daily lives. Oh, I've read my part and I've done my devotions for the day and now I set it aside and now I go live my life. What we need to get back to is a worldview where everything that happens in our life, every part of our life, every detail, is seen through the filter of God's Word. It's called a biblical worldview. I've been challenged that our teenagers grow up to have a biblical worldview so that no matter what they face in life, they know that they can look at it and see where to go, how to do it, what, to what they need to do in their life based on what God says in His Word. Amen. So to help us be reminded about this biblical worldview, I want to give you a little illustration. Uh, Brother Dean McAvoy, do you think you could help me with a little illustration? He says, no way. He says, I have no idea what I'm getting into. Could you come up here to this table real quick? And I'm just going to step down here. Hopefully the microphone works down here. <clears throat> I brought with me a puzzle. Brother Dean, do you like puzzles? Nope. <laughs> How many of you like puzzles? I love puzzles. My wife hates them. Uh, so I'll get a puzzle out and me and Loren will put the puzzle together. But Mrs. Riffle's like, nope, I'm not touching it. Uh, not going to go there. So I, I got you a rainforest puzzle. You like that? It's pretty nice. And this is the children's edition, so there's only 48 pieces. And they're, they're jumbo pieces. Okay, so we got big pieces here. Now I'm just going to dump those out. Uh, hang on, they're all upside down. There we go. So, and they're all here. I checked. Sometimes my kids lose pieces. So I checked. They're all here. Uh, we got you a jumbo rainbow rainforest puzzle. It's got
got all these tigers and all kinds of different creatures on there. All right, so I'm going to time you and see how long it takes for you to put this together. All right? How long do we have? Well, <laughs> just this service. I mean, we want to get home. All right, so uh, one more thing I need you to do, though. Put this blindfold on. All right. I'll just take these off. Go ahead. Just as good. Right. I'm going to let you do it. This is our tie-dye tie. Remember that from the last men's conference? Oh, get them out of way, if you came to our last men's conference, we had uh, tie-dye ties. Uh, we had a little fun skit with our different tie-dye ties. And uh, so he's going to put that on there, and uh, we'll make sure he can't see anything. And then he's going to put this puzzle together, and we'll time him. How many think he'll get anything done on this puzzle? Think he'll get in maybe one piece? Hey, see, hey, hey you got some, some that are confident in you. All right because they don't know you. <laughs> Can you see anything? How many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> four right there. <laughs> All right, go ahead, go, go. Let's see what you can do. No, it's not looking good, no. Uh, did you find an edge piece yet? Did you even find an edge piece? Nope. Nope, he's still looking for an edge piece. That, that'd give him a starting place. How many think he could get anything done on this? I mean, maybe he could get it done, but is he going to get it right? One of the things about this puzzle, some puzzles have interlocking pieces. You ever, some, some puzzle pieces all fit together and some don't. This puzzle, well, look at there. I, I just put one together. Uh, yeah, they're all unique. They're all unique. So you should be able to figure it out because they're each, they're unique. Nobody's cheering for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I really don't think you're going to get it. I think you're right. And we don't want to be here all day. So go ahead and take the blindfold off. And let's all give him a hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. But my whole purpose of illustrating this, there's no chance of him putting together the puzzle blindfolded. There's no chance of us knowing what God wants for our life and following God's will and, and doing things right and figuring things out in our life if we don't have the truth of the Word of God and a biblical worldview. God, through the Holy Spirit, will show us in His Word what He wants us to do, where He wants us to go. He'll give us His will. So why would we go blindfolded through this life? Psalm 119, I want to start out in verse 97. Verse number 97. As we go through Psalm 119, you're going to hear the heart of David who had a, a desire, a longing for God's word that was real. He had a learning time in God's Word where he learned what God wanted for him. And he had a living life of living God's Word. Those are our three points. A longing, a learning, and a living. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll jump into verse number 97. Thank you, Lord, so much for the truth of your Word. And God, we are nothing without you leading and guiding our lives. 
We have no chance of figuring out the pieces of this life without Your guidance through Your Word. I pray that this year You would give us a, a longing to be in the truth of what You have for us. The only book You ever wrote, You gave it to us. Black and white, there it is. We need to, we, we need to know how to live our lives, and, and there it is, Lord. You've given it to us. May we dig deeper this year into God's Word. May we take it to heart. May we live it in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number 97 of Psalm 119. Oh, how I love thy law. How do you define the word oh? <laughs> What's the definition of oh? It's, it's, it's almost like just a sound to the word that just has a feeling to it. Oh! It's a deep groaning. It's a longing. It's an expression of the heart. Oh, do you sense David's heart here? Oh, how I love thy law. God's word is so dear, so important. David has taken God's Word and brought it down to the heart level with God. Do you remember the first time you got a Bible? I remember my first Bible I ever got. I was in Awana Clubs and memorized so many verses and got my first Bible and there it was, my name on it. I know I had the little New Testaments before that. Those don't count, right? But your first Bible. I remember my first Bible. And then I remember later as a teenager when I first started reading that Bible. When God began to open my eyes up to different things. Wow, look at this. Uh, you know what? I need to be in this book. I need to know what God says about these things and how to live my life. We need to get back to that yearning, that desire, that longing, that desire from the heart to be in God's Word. Look at that next word we come to, the word love. Oh, how I love, how love I thy law. All of Psalm 119 is expression of love for God's word, but he keys in it, on it here in this verse. Um, my mind went back to Matthew Henry. How many know who Matthew Henry is? Okay. He has that big, huge commentary where the print is tiny and you can't hardly read it. And it takes an hour to read through what he says about one verse. I don't agree with everything Matthew Henry says, but there's no doubt he was a student of the Word of God. And he knew the Bible. And how did he get to that place in his life? I came across this story of uh, a lesson that his dad had taught him when he was young. And his dad actually had you know, a bunch of kids in the family, and he required of each of them that they memorize a verse from Psalm 119 every day of the year, which meant they went through it twice in a year. And so they would memorize and meditate on one verse for the whole day from Psalm 119. And the reason his dad gave for this, he said, if you learn to love Psalm 119, you'll learn to love all of Scripture. And I think that's true. 
as a reality too that if we'll spend time and, and learn to love Psalm 119 where it talks about the love for God's law, we're going to have that love for God's law come into our own hearts and have that desire and burden in our own lives for all of Scripture. How's our love for God? It's interesting, in verse 97, he starts out with, How I love I thy law. Look down at verse 104. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. When we get our love relationship with God right, and this is a holy love, and when we get a love for God's word, he's going to show us what God loves, and we're going to end up hating what God hates. The next part of the verse, he talks about meditation. Oh, how, I lo how love I thy law, it is my meditation all the day. Meditation is much more than just reading, much more than just studying. It's thinking about it all day long. And this is not Eastern meditation. That's immediately what our brain goes to when we think of meditation usually. You know, some guy sitting in Indian style on a rug saying Om, you know, or something weird like that. That's Eastern meditation. That says, empty your mind. That is not what this is. It's the total opposite. It's fill your mind. Fill it up. In fact, there's two Hebrew words here. One means to muse. It's to think about. We hear that phrase, ah, muse. That's the opposite. Ah means not to think. So if you go to an amusement park, that's where you go to not think. We do a lot of not thinking uh, in our day and age. Mostly it's done with this screen right here. Uh, not thinking. Any screen is an ah amusement. It's a place where we go to not think. But what should we be doing? We should be thinking. We should be filling our minds, musing on God's Word. Scripture. The black and white of thus saith the Lord. That should be our mental thoughts. It's to muse on it. That's the first Hebrew word. The second Hebrew word there is to mutter. To mutter. Now, I hadn't heard this I had, I've, until recently. I just figured this out recently when I heard another preacher preach on this. I thought, what? Mutter? I had to look it up for myself. Yeah, it has the idea of to mutter, to speak. It's almost like speaking to yourself. David spoke to himself quite often in Scripture. I think it's good to speak things out loud, but why is this connected with meditation? You know, when you think about it, you have to, in order to speak, you have to think about it, don't you? But when you're speaking, and while you're speaking, you're continually thinking about what you're saying. Continue thinking about what you're speaking. So to utter this truth of God's Word out loud is a good thing. It's to meditate on it. You know, we're commanded by God to memorize Scripture. I think part of memorization is so that we can speak it to others. So we can tell that truth to others. When's the last time you shared someone a truth from God's Word you learned? If you're a school teacher, if you're a a children's church worker, and, and you get the opportunity to teach children, that's, that's one of the greatest privileges there is. 
to stand in a pulpit and, and to preach the truth of the Word of God. What a wonderful privilege. But I'll, I'll tell you, there are times when I'm preaching that I'll, or, or teaching in Sunday school class, and I'm going through a passage, and, I, and I've studied this. I've looked at it ahead of time. I've prepared. I've written my notes. But as I'm preaching it, my brain begins to think, wow, oh, wow, there's a whole new truth I didn't see before. How did I not see that? It's because as you speak it out, you begin to think it through more. Does that happen to any of you teachers? <laughs> as you teach, you just there's something about giving that truth out that puts it into your mind in a fresh way and in a way that maybe you haven't seen before. It's the same truth, it just, there it was. I think we need to not just be receiving the Word of God, not just taking it in, but as we meditate on it, it's looking for opportunities to give it out. Looking for opportunities to share what God says with someone else. As we share it then, as it doesn't just come in, it comes out, it has a chance to reach our heart. You know, it's interesting, meditation is connected with our mouth in Scripture. Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. There's a connection. I can go to some other passages and, and talk about, uh, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. That, that whole meditation is connected with our mouth and speaking it. Uh, if we speak out the truth of Scripture, it will reach our hearts. You know, when, when we connect our mouth, our mouth is connected with our heart. Out of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I think it goes the other way, too. When the mouth speaks out, it connects to our heart. I think there's a connection there. And so it will drive the Word of God deeper and deeper into our hearts, into our being, into our souls, into our lives, if we will not just take the truth of the Word of God, not just read it, but think about it, muse on it, meditate on it, and then speak it out to others so that it can reach our hearts in a deeper and fresher way and drive our hearts closer to the heart of God. Engage with Scripture. It's much more than reading. Make that devotional life this year a real level of devotion to God. Notice in our Scripture passage it says all the day. All the day. Not part of the day, not a little bit of the day. All the day. Hey, this may mean we set aside all three chapters that we were supposed to read and we look at a verse and we say, all right, this is the verse I'm going to take with me all day and I'm going to think about. Maybe it is a greater context and we think about the whole context of, of a narrative of what God was teaching. I, I don't know, but we need to take that with us all day day long. That's part of meditation. That's part of our longing. So we need to have a longing for Scripture. Next, I want us to look at the learning. The learning from God's Word. Look at verse 98. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. 
we're always going to have our enemies with us. We face the world, the flesh, and the devil every day. That battle rages inside of us because of our sin nature. That battle rages outside of us because of a world that is not following after God. It's following Satan. And that battle intensifies and is getting greater and greater as the evil day rages on, as we come closer to the Lord's return. How much more important it is that we have the foundation of the Word of God. We have wisdom that can be applied to our daily life. Wisdom is much more than just basic truth and knowledge. It's how to apply that knowledge in every given situation in life. We're going to find that wisdom in the truth of the Word of God as we apply the Word of God to the battlefield of life. Look at verse number 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers. And all the students say, That's right! Uh, more understanding! No, no, no. That's not the attitude here. It's not a prideful attitude saying, Hey, I'm smarter than everybody else. No. If you've ever been a teacher, how many have been a teacher in here? Okay, I was a teacher. I taught for a while. Um, and the greatest goal of teaching, of any teacher, is that your students would go on to seek that knowledge that you're teaching and that you're giving to them. They would so have a, an enthusiasm for that knowledge, they'd go way beyond what you know. They'd get excited about the subject, whether it be teaching history. You, you want to show them that history and give them everything you know and give it to them in such an exciting way that they take what you know and they say, I want to know more about that. Let's dig into it some more. Let's go beyond what our teacher knows. Is that the case with Scripture? I think of the Bereans. <laughs> what did they do? Preaching's done. Okay, we're done with that message. All right, let's move on to the next. No. They, they, they'd search the Scriptures daily to see if what the preacher was saying was what it was. Hey, they got excited about the truth. And they said, I want to continue in that. I want to go beyond that. I want to do more. I want to know truth in a real way, personally. I want to go beyond what I've heard in preaching, what I've come to hear in the messages and the truth of my teachers. And that can only come as we get into God's Word. When we do get into God's Word, we will go beyond what our teachers know and understand because there's a depth of knowledge here that is inexhaustible. It's a learning that should never end. We should always be students of the Word of God. Not that we'd be lifted up with pride or arrogance saying we've already attained. No, we've, we have not yet attained, is what Paul says. We need to seek God's Word daily as one that has not yet attained, the one that still needs to know and be in the truth of the Word of God on a daily basis. Say, I'm not that yet there, Lord, but I want your truth to be so real, so personal to me, so exciting to me that I excel beyond my teachers. I have more understanding than my teachers for the testimonies. Thy testimonies are my meditation. There's that word meditation again. It's only as we take the Word of God 
and think about it. Dig deeper into it on a daily basis that we can excel beyond our teachers. It says in verse number 100, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. More than the ancients? You understand the Word of God is timeless? It's for all people in all ages. For our generation today. In fact, look up at verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. It's for us. It's for now. Just as much as it was for the ancients. Just as much as it was for the psalmist to love the law of God. What did he have for the law of God? Well, he had the Old Testament. He had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's what he had. And he loved it. We were just talking to the teen class today, talking about Peter's first sermon on the day of Pentecost. And Peter stood up and he preached from the book of Joel. He goes back to Joel. Joel, who preaches from Joel? But he had a love for God's law and he's, he was able to take what God had showed him and preach it. As we apply the truth of Scripture, its truth is, can be more real to us in this present time, in this day and age, right now, than it ever could have been even for the ancients. Because we have the completed Scripture. We have a bigger picture of what God has done. We have a, all of history to show God working through all of history. How much more we should have a greater understanding of what God is doing and He will do in the future. I have more understanding than even the ancients. So there's a longing for God's Word. There's a learning in God's Word. And number three, there's a living we need to have as we come to God's Word. We need to live the truth of the Word of God. Look at verse 101. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy Word. Every evil way. And there is an evil way. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. There's no middle ground. There's a right road, there's a wrong road. There's a right way for our puzzle of life to be put together, and all the rest are wrong. We need to figure out what God's way is. And as we dig into God's Word, He'll show us that way. He'll show us that path. It's in simple black and white. We need to, don't need to go out and kind of randomly search for it or go out blindly. No, we have God's Word. And we can know what God's way is for our life. The question is, are we going to choose to walk in it? David says, being in God's Word, meditating in God's Word, has changed his feet from going the right way, not going the wrong way. He's refrained his feet from the evil path. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Sin will keep you from this book. 
And this book will keep you from sin. We need to let God confirm in our hearts the right way and then choose to walk in it. This evil way is connected down in verse number 104 to every false way. Every false way is evil. You can count on it. And we need to choose to walk in the way of the Lord. This world is full of a lot of false ways, isn't it? A lot of uh, ways that, you know, seem like they might be okay, but they're not on God's side. And they'll take us down that path towards wrong and error and sin. We need to be in God's Word daily to keep our lives from that sin and from that wrong way. Look at verse 102. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How has God taught you this week? Not, not through the preaching, but you, just you and God. How has God taught you? Oh, how I long this year to be taught from God. To let God teach me the way He wants me to go. There have been times in my life where God suddenly changed my path. Has that ever happened to you? Something happens, an event, an occurrence, and you know, the job change, this happens, this happens, and there's a sudden change. And boy, I tell you, those are the times where you get on your knees and say, God, you got to show me. you got to show me what you want. I don't know. Oh, that we'd be there every day in that kind of attitude with God. Look at verse 105. The Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's a verse we know well. It's maybe one you want to choose for a, a theme verse for the year. I think I'm going to choose verse 97. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. That's going to be my theme verse this year, I think. Oh, the truth that God shows us that path He wants us to take through His Word. The light is right here. And that light is not two days ahead, three days ahead, ten days into the future, not even a hundred days into the future. It's right here in front of our feet right now. By the way, that means we can't apply what we've done in God's Word today to, you know, 10 days into the future and say, all right, well, I had my devotions, you know, back then, so I'm okay, right? I'm good. No, let's keep in God's Word. That's why we need to be in God's Word daily, because it's a daily guide. It's a daily light. It's a every day guiding our feet, guiding our footpath, our steps. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Notice the difference there. Feet and path. The path is way ahead. The feet, you've got to look down. Right here. Right now. God's word is for right now. The feet. The light is right now. So take the light and let it be one step at a time. 
That's what doing God's will is all about. We don't have to go through life blindfolded. We'll never get the pieces of our puzzle put together unless we take the truth that God has given to us and apply it to our lives every day. This is the only book that the God of creation gave to us. He chose to become an author and give us this book to lead us, to guide us, to give us all we need. Do you see how God gave us everything we need in this book? By the way, do you see the Hebrew letters in all of Psalm 119? The top? I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I don't know Hebrew very well at all. I do know that those are Hebrew letters, though. And I do know that this is the Hebrew alphabet. And that the Hebrew alphabet has a beginning and it has an ending. Like an A to Z. What do we know of if we have like an auto parts store that's an A to Z auto parts store? It's A to Z auto shop. Why would they put that on their name? Because they say, hey, we can do anything. We can do everything. We'll do any make and model. We're an A to Z. Everything's included here. What does God say about His Word? Everything you need is right here. All things that pertain unto life and godliness is right here. Why would we live our lives with that blindfold on? When we've got all things we need in God to know how to live for God right here. So put on the glasses, the goggles, the light of God's Word this year and have a biblical worldview.